you're entering the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Podbean.com. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean.com, the Podbean app, or streaming on demand wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, RelentlessDaring.com slash podcast. You name it, it's there. Um, So this is going to be a bit of a rough one. Um, I know it's weird me doing this on a Sunday night versus Saturday, but I had a very busy weekend of doing stuff to help raise money for veterans, raise money for our service members. Um, great event here in Lebanon, Missouri called Wagons for Warriors. Uh, absolutely great time. Lot, we had like 30 some odd chuck wagons come in and, you know, $15 donation. You could go hit up chuck wagons and sample stuff till they ran out of food. But some of them ran out of food fairly quick because, you know, like Kent Rollins, if you follow the YouTube cooking hemispheres, uh, he's on there. Uh, he's been on like Chopped and uh, a few other, a couple other TV shows competing and absolutely amazing cook. He comes every year and he's happy to, you know, share with so many people the food that he makes it's absolutely awesome and cannot thank all of these guys enough uh for what they do you know to help out the veterans in this community it's absolutely awesome uh I, they had a poster put up of how much money has gone into communities over the past you know 10 years and I think it's, I think it's approaching $50,000 that has gone into local charities, not just, not just, you know, oh, we'll give it to wounded warriors called a day. They go through and they find local organizations that support doing, that support everything local. The administration is local. Uh, the work they do is local and that's how they want to help out. So again, Wags for Warriors, Steve Hole, Mitch Morgan, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to own it. He's my dad. Um, again, thank y'all so much for what you do. Uh, but before I really get into going into this week's dose of crazy, I got to talk about coffee because right now it's the only thing keeping me sane. More specifically, American Pride Roasters. Uh, by far one of my favorite coffees out there. And I'm I'm a fan of some of the big market stuff you get at the store. You know, I I I've always been a Folgers guy. Chock full of nuts is one of my uh, guilty pleasures if I can ever come across it. But when it comes to sm supporting small businesses that make stuff that's absolutely amazing, American Pride Roasters is the best uh, you go to aprcoffee.com go through their selection uh, right now it, it's a little slow going um, if you're a person who enjoys using k-cups those are a little slow to get put together but they're working on it 
Um, regular coffee orders they're pushing out right now. Again, they're at a diminished capacity because they are building back from that tornado that took out, uh, you know, Dave and Faith's home. So again, if you want to support a small business, help them get back on their feet, go to American Pride Roasters, aprcoffee.com. Check out their selection of just regular plain coffee roasts. They have flavored coffees that are to die for. Check it out. Um, again, all that money goes into helping them rebuild what they lost. So aprcoffee.com, historically great coffee. All right. So the 800 pound gorilla in the room. I would be remiss if I did not discuss what happened in Uvalde, Texas. Right now, I'm not going to comment on what happened with the police. Frankly, I don't have all the details. I cannot comment on what they did or did not do. I will say hats off to to the uh, you know the board the board tech guys the border border patrol tactical team that went in uh, the border agent who had his head grazed and had the hat shot off his head in confronting and killing that sick son of a bitch who was in there attacking those kids absolutely. I tip my hat to you, sir. To the rest of the cops, I don't know what happened. I, like you, am waiting for all the final news to come out. I am scared to death. This is going to turn into uh, the Richardson guy in Las Vegas where, oh, we'll get get all the details out as soon as we have it. And it just disappears. Memory hold. And it's people like me, people like conspiracy nuts on the interwebs who have to keep pushing to figure out what happened and to find the details. One of the only things I know, the question is, well, if these doors are locked, how do you get in? A teacher propped a door open. I don't know if, don't know the full details. Was she, was there a student who had to go out and get something? Did she run out to get something? And then need to come back. We didn't want to have to deal with unlocking the door with her keys. I, I don't know. All I know is she locked the door open and it was left there. And that is how that son of a bitch got into the building. Absolutely tragic. But the most tragic thing of all of it. The children who died. They haven't, they hadn't even been, you know, picked up by the coroners to be taken so their parents could claim their bodies. And the nut jobs on the left, the anti gun movement was immediately diving on it and started just like a pack of vultures on their dead bodies, picking them apart to push their freaking agenda. That was the most heartbreaking thing of it. I get it. 
It's a tragedy. We need to figure out what happened and what we can do to prevent things like this from happening in the future. But when you're, you know, like Dana Bash, I have a clip of hers that I'm going to be playing later in the show, is set outside the chain link fence around the school where you can see the memorial flowers behind her. And she is using that as her staging. So she can talk about why gun control is needed. That is despicable. You have guys on Twitter within hours. Well, again, while everyone's still trying to figure out what's going on, the recovery efforts for those children are ongoing. Blue check idiots on Twitter. Oh, this is why we need to ban the AR-15. Blah, 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 blah. No. Talking about calling it a weapon of war. Uh, no, a weapon of war has its design based on the AR-15 rifle. You don't believe me? Look at when the army adopted the M-16 based on Eugene Stoner's design of the AR-15 for Armalite rifles. Because it's like 10 years after the rifle was designed and patented and first manufactured. The, the whole idea. Uh, you have old articles resurfacing. Oh, I was an ER trauma surgeon and this is what I saw. A human body shot with an AR-15 and it just liquefied the lung. Um... Okay, I get it. Cavitation is a thing. You get cavitation with any projectile. A handgun is going to produce X-mail cavitation because it's a fatter bullet moving at a lower speed. Whereas, you know, a two-two-three bullet or a 5.56 millimeter bullet Traveling at a much higher speed is going to produce a different cavitation. However, the idea that it will just turn bodily organs to liquid mush that are unsalvageable. Um, I've seen dudes in the army who were shot with AK-47 rounds. That's a 30 caliber bullet. They got patched, patched back up and sent back out. We did this all the time through Vietnam, Korea, World War II, World War I. People survived getting shot through major organs. Granted, our surgical abilities and our surgical technology and how we treat these injuries has gotten better in the 105 years since we were engaged in trench warfare with mustard gas in France. But the idea that, oh, this bullet has turned all this stuff to mush, is garbage. I have seen the insides of deer that have been hit by 30 caliber bullets. Whether it's a 30-30 or a 30-06, 
And these are ballistic tip bullets that are designed to mushroom out and create as much damage going through the body as possible. They did not turn organs to mush. So the whole idea that, oh, they had to use DNA to identify the kids. No, that is speculation because you are trying to push a narrative. And it's absolutely disgusting that they use children. Forget the Buffalo shooting that happened what a week before last, where it was adults. That's bad enough when you're using adults who all they were trying to do was buy their damn groceries. And some racist moron self-censoring tonight is really freaking hard. Some racist moron drives 200 miles to a primarily black neighborhood so he can kill black people. Now, can we have a discussion on mental illness? Because based off his incoherent ramblings in his manifesto, can we talk mental health? Can we talk about the division that's being pushed by some of these crazy left-wing identitarian movements, CRT? You have teachers who are spending copious amounts of time telling white people, you are bad. You're bad because of the color of your skin. I'm sorry, if I told a black person that he was bad because, well, your skin has way too much melanin in it, so obviously you're a bad person. That makes me a racist if I say that. But we can say it to white people. And they wonder why racism is getting worse in America. Uh, because you're fomenting it, dumbasses. It's insane. And then they turn around. They they allow them they allow people to get worked up in a frenzy. Tragedy happens, and then I shared I shared a meme of this on on Facebook. It has a person who has committed suicide. And that person is labeled as tragedy. Then you have a politician walk up. They tie, their, they tie the dead person's feet to that tree limb. And then they sit on them like a swing. They're going to milk as much of it for their benefit as possible. And don't get me wrong. I, I have a cousin who works in gun retail. While he appreciates the fact that his business, that he has turned a lot more business in the last few days, it's sickening to him because he knows why. Some dumbass has committed a horrible tragedy, and now people, in fear that they won't be able to buy these firearms, are now rushing out and they're creating record gun sales because they want to get them before they can't, before the sale is banned again. 
This is stuff that is being. It's just a horrible, horrible cycle. All of the craziness, and it just keeps getting pushed by major media outlets. Because everyone has to jump in. You you have the rights. They have to jump in immediately and say, okay, stop, slow down. Let, let's just slow our rolls. Because we're going to rush into things and we make snap judgments, it could be really bad. Look at look at the uh look at the Patriot Act. They made a rush to judgment with knee-jerk reactions after 9-11, and now everything we have spies on us. We go to the library and we get on the search computer on those. They don't have they don't have the cards anymore. So you get on the computer and you search for a book. And let's just say you're doing research on the history of war and you want to you want to know what the Quran says. So you look for an English translated Quran and you search for them on the database. Guess what? <gasps> He's searching for an English Quran and he's studying war. He must be he must be an Islamic terrorism. We had one idiot tried to light a bomb in his shoe. And here it is, literally 20 years later, we still have to take our shoes off when we go through security at the airports. It is absolutely nuts. But hey, if we still had our ministry of truth, we could have prevented it with the with the ministry of truth because they could have they could have stopped the misinformation that caused young Mr. Young Mr. Young Buck from shooting his grandmother in the face, crashing his car into a ditch, and then going into a school. At least that's what Nina Jankowitz says. She says she says that the Disinformation Governance Board could prevent mass shootings. And this is from Daily Caller. Former head of the Disinformation Governance Board, DGB, Nina Jankowitz, claimed Thursday during a podcast that mass shootings and extremism could be addressed by the DGB. During the episode, Jankowitz attempted to clarify her position heading the DGB and explain how the board could have addressed mass shootings and combated extremism caused by disinformation. Um, I think another example that's important that's also written, the, written within the department's portfolio, especially given the events of the past few weeks, is that disinformation plays a role in radicalizing people to violence. Jankowitz said on NPR's Fresh Air podcast, hosted by Terry Gross. You know, we're seeing continued mass shootings here in the United States, and in many of these cases, violent extremism is begotten by things people see on the internet. Earlier in the episode, Jankowitz also attempted to discredit criticisms of the DGB as the Ministry of Truth. Um, there are There were a lot of folks 
mostly on conservative side of the spectrum, was that the board was going to be a ministry of truth, a la George Orwell's 1984. That we were going to adjudicate what was true and false online, and that I was a czar, a disinformation czar, a minister of truth. Nothing could have been farther from the truth. <laughs> uh, I doubt this woman has even read 1984. To not even realize the strong correlations that people are picking up between her role and what the Ministry of Truth did in that book. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas reportedly said the DGB, like DHS, does not have the capability to monitor United States citizens and instead would focus on foreign threats of disinformation. Yeah, I'm sure. Kim, Kim L. says that uh, her brains are up her sphincter. Ah, uh, yes. The infamous fourth point of contact, as the Army likes to say. And her head is firmly secured within the fourth point of contact. Uh, see. Mayorkas said on CNN, oh, the board does not have any operational authority or capability. What it will do is gather together best practices in addressing the threat of disinformation from foreign state adversaries from the cartels and disseminate those best practices to the operators that have been executing and addressing this threat for years. Yeah, somehow I don't believe that. Earlier in May, the Department of Homeland Security put a pause on the DGB for several weeks after its announcement. Uh, Jankowitz also penned a resignation letter, according to the Washington Post. Former DHS Secretary Michael Chertoff and former U.S. Deputy Secretary General Jamie Gorlick under Clinton were reportedly tapped to assess and review the DGB for alleged mischaracterization. Yeah, because, oh no, we were killed by misinformation. Oh my gosh, I'm so sad. It's absolutely ridiculous that of all of that, to think that, well, if... He, if he hadn't been online, he wouldn't have been radicalized. You know what? Sometimes people just go crazy and they snap. From all indications, this kid in Uvalde, Texas, did just that. Now, I am not going to try justifying his actions. Oh, he was bullied. Oh, my gosh. Because, yes, bullying happens. We also live in a world that if you're being bullied, you're not allowed to punch your tormentor in the face. There was a time when if you were getting bullied, if you retaliated and you punched your bully in the nose, the bully would get in trouble. And you would get, all right, that's it. Smack on the wrist. We're... We're going to write you up, but we're not going to punish you because we understand the situation. Now it's zero tolerance. You could be on the ground getting the crap kicked out of you. And the minute you lash out at the person kicking the crap out of you, you're both catching a three-day suspension and kicked out of school for the rest of the week because, oh, we have zero tolerance policy. Oh, my gosh. 
It's absolutely maddening. Yet here we are in the in the situation where kids just don't know how to react. I like the idea of having therapists in school. I really do. Now, therapists really need to, you know, have some crosstalk between the school and the parents. That way, if there's a situation that could need diffusing with parental help, the parents know what's going on. However, it doesn't seem like this kid was getting anything like that. Teachers are no longer allowed to deal with bullies unless it suddenly becomes a physical thing. And then, oh, now we have justification to send you to the office because I watched you lay hands on so-and-so. And kids don't have anyone guiding them. This kid in particular lived with his grandmother because his parents weren't exactly great. He didn't have a strong parent figure, period. Forget a male figure. You know, he had a grandmother that apparently he was running roughshod over, from what I can tell. He didn't have someone showing him what it means to be a victim of injustice. How do you deal with that in a constructive manner? If you're being bullied, how do you deal with it in a way that you don't lash out and hurt people with great unintended consequences? He didn't have that. And instead, he literally woke up and chose violence. He had been choosing violence for several weeks, looking at uh, the Instagram and TikTok that have been taken down because no one needs to see that garbage and want to try to emulate it. And then if you have any suggestion other than take the guns, you're ridiculed. Axios has an article here. Donald Trump called for something that's common sense. All the schools in my area have it. You have a single point of entry. The rest of the doors are to remain locked throughout the day, but they open out in case of an emergency where you have to get, you know, there's a fire. You have to get people out of the school. If there's an active shooter and you're going to try at the other end of the building and you want to try to get the kids out, the doors open out, but you can't pull them from the outside. These are the doors that they had in Uvalde. And Axios is trying to ridicule Donald Trump because he called for these kinds of systems. Well, here's the thing. If you put these systems in place and you have people at the school who don't follow the protocols, they bypass protocols, they shortchange stuff, they don't work. Absolutely insane. Oh, Donald Trump, they already had those. It didn't work. Yeah, they didn't work because of the teacher who propped the door open that I mentioned earlier. But instead, they're already going to 
well, we need red flag laws. Red flag laws would have stopped this. Okay, now you're getting into the rules of a future crime and all sorts of considerations about 14th Amendment with due process. The Fourth Amendment with search and seizure. And it's been hilarious to watch because one of the people who's been having an absolute craptastic time is Dan Crenshaw. Republican Dan Crenshaw. Because in 2019, after Parkland, he came out advocating for Republican red flag laws. Not the bad ones that Democrats will have, but the good ones that Republicans will have. Well, here's a little three and a half minute video he posted on his Insta based off of conversations he's had on Twitter at the time. All right. So those of you who are listening live and for some reason, my audio is apparently coming straight from my computer mic and not the soundboard. I apologize that you didn't hear any of that. But basically, it was Dan Crenshaw in 2019, after the Parkland shooting, talking about, well, I, I said this, but, but you people are the problem. You people don't understand. And he seems to be rather butthurt that we little people just can't understand what he's trying to say. But the problem is, Dan, if you give an inch, okay, we even if we do this and we have these safeguards in place that protect due process as much as possible, we protect, you know, people from seizure as much as possible. There will be ways that Democrats will work to undermine those laws, even if it was Republican-controlled. Prior to the election of uh, Ron DeSantis to the governor's office in Florida, Now, Senator Rick Scott, who was the governor then, what did he do? Oh, he put in red flag laws in Florida. Oh, and get this. If you're under 21 in the state of Florida, you can enlist in the United States military. You can go serve in war zones abroad using an M4 or an M16 rifle. And you can die for your country from the ages of 18 to 20. But if you are a Florida resident, you cannot buy a rifle or a pistol in the state of Florida until you are 21. It's ridiculous. And he is on the record. He has been on the record supporting red flag laws, not on the national level, but on the state level. States should be allowed to do this. Texas should be able to have this conversation. 
But when when confronted about it, was it? This CNN posted this today. I believe this aired, yes, aired this morning. Dana Bash. Here it is, Dana Bash with the flowers from the memorial framing her shot. Then cut over to uh, Dan Crenshaw at the uh, State of the Union studios. You know, or at least he's got the background in Humble, Texas, where his, you know, you know, where his congressional office is. So I magically stopped that before I could go into a uh, Paramount Plus ad for a TV show. Um, yes, again, for those of you who are listening live, I apologize. It went through. It went through the soundboard and did not go through the actual computer like it was supposed to. I apologize. I'm just a schlub trying to make this work. I'm sorry. But he went on to, you know, when Dana Bash said, hey, you know, Rick Scott, when he was governor, he signed this into law. And then he la- he laughs. And <laughs> you would think the trolls on the Internet with Rick Scott actually doing it, you would think that I am the biggest advocate. You know, all these trolls who were mostly on my side. Oh, I am so above them because I was a Navy SEAL. And look at me. I have this totally awesome eye patch. I look so dashing and daring. I am the ultimate pirate of conservatism. <laughs> and then he went in to try, try to uh, play off every concern that Every conservative at the minute of hearing Donald Trump utter the words, take the guns first, then due process, have been worried about. He made all the arguments that we've been making for the last two years, the last three years since he proposed it, since he floated the idea of supporting it, you know, at the state level, not the national level. And then he turns around and says, oh, I wouldn't support this in Texas. Make up your damn mind. I get it. It's an election year. In 2019, you were already firmly ensconced in your office. You didn't have to worry about it because you didn't have an election cycle coming up for another year. And people would forget about it. And they did. You were reelected in 2020. Now in 2022, oh, I would never support that. (laughs) That's crazy. Totally insane. I don't know why you would think that. It's absolutely disgusting and nauseating that he would just turn around and just play off like, Hell, we're the bad guys because we're shooting him down. Come on, fellas. Don't you want to save kids? And he did bring up that, you know, if someone is threat at the point where they're making threats and they're threatening someone with a weapon, they've already broken the law. So why do we need another law? 
It's like hate crime legislation. Murder is already illegal. You know, with the lynching law, if I go and string up a black guy in my front yard because I obviously hate black guys, how was doing it because I hate black guys more illegal than just killing them to begin with? Does murder become more murdery because I have hate in my heart? It's absolutely insane that they keep pushing this over and over and over again. They just roll out the greatest hits. Oh, we have to ban the big scary guns. Okay, well, what about my uh, what about my little uh, mini fourteen here? Oh, it's good because it's got a woodstock. It shoots the same caliber bullet as the black as the scary black gun. It's fine. It can also hold a thirty round magazine like the scary black gun, but it's not scary and black, so we're not we're not concerned about it. Oh my gosh. I this is gonna be another one of those. They're going to use it to beat their drum on both sides. NRA is going to suddenly see a giant spike in donations and membership as people, oh, we need to join the NRA. They're gonna protect the NRA is the it is the Mitt Romney of Gun Rights Protections Organizations. They seriously don't have the clout. They have been ridiculed to the point of, yeah, that was backed by the NRA and no one really cares. Even Republicans don't don't care if you're supported by the NRA anymore. Oh, (laughs) that's cute. What's your liberty score from conservative review? That's what I care. Oh, Vicki Hartzler running for Senate here in Missouri. You have a 59% Liberty score. Lady, that's an F. And you expect me to vote for you? <laughs> You're insane. All right. I have run way over because I just had so much to say and had to get it all off my chest before I went on to some stuff that... Brings a little bit more levity to the end of the show. So I'm going to run a quick commercial break. For those of you who are listening on the live show, I apologize for the next two minutes of dead air. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home, and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. I want to talk to you about Keto Chow. 
Keto Chow is a small company out of Utah that uses the absolute best ingredients to make the absolute best weight loss products available on the market. Their first goal is flavor. Who wants to drink something as a meal replacer that tastes like crap? Keto Chow understands that this is a hard barrier for a lot of companies to break through, so they have some of the best flavors. Cookies and cream, chocolate, vanilla, real strawberry. These are the best shakes I've ever had. I've been using them for a few months now, and they are amazing. So go to the link in the show notes, check it out. You can search for recipes on how you can use their Keto Chow products to make amazing foods that taste amazing and help with your weight loss goals. KetoChow.xyz, Keto Made Easy. All right, so I'm going to try to fly through these last a handful of stories I've got because it's run down the end of the show. Like I said, I went over because I had so much to say on the whole Uvalde and the, the gunfight situation with the politicians. So I say I'm saving this for a levity, but um, this first one might make you a little mad for it. We're going to go to the beautiful, Beautiful Loudoun County, Virginia. <laughs> that should be your first warning. Where uh, a school librarian has found herself in some hot water after describing students as, quote, sex workers, unquote. A concerned middle school teacher in Loudoun County, Virginia, couldn't let the comments of a fellow school employee, Stephanie Guido, slide after reportedly hearing her say some students, the majority of which are 11 to 13 years old, could be considered sex workers. Air quotes around that. Guido, a librarian at Sterling Middle School, made the statement while defending a library book which said sex work is just like any other job, comparable to a store clerk an architect, or a journalist. As sex workers, students could benefit from the book's placement on library shelves, Guido said. Ay, 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 ay. And it, currently, police are actually investigating it. There's a uh, snippet of a tweet here. Police are investigating after middle school librarian allegedly defended a pro prostitution book saying it belonged in the library because many of the school's 11 to 13 year old students are sex workers. Educators are mandatory reporters. <laughs> Kim says, if I start doing commercials for Brondo, no, yeah, she knows we're in trouble. Hey, Brondo, it has electrolytes. It's what plants crave. <laughs> Uh, the anonymous teacher who reported the comments didn't initially believe the book existed. She heard about from the tweet of a concerned parent decided to investigate. Before long, she discovered the book. Titled Seeing Gender, an Illustrated Guide to Identity and Expression. The book defends sex work as a respectable, upstanding career choice in a chapter titled Sex Work is Not a Bad Term. Prostitution is illegal in the state of Virginia under VA Title 
And while the book might have asserted a perceived commonality between sex work and other professions, the law of the state does not. The content of the book was enough to shock the teacher. What alarmed her more was Guido's assertion that the book should remain in the school library because it could be useful to students. As sex workers, Guido postured, the book would help them feel validated and less alienated. The anonymous teacher said, told police, she started talking about how there's kids who come to the library who do sex work, and this makes them feel validated. As a teacher, if you get an individual student coming to you because you're abused, you have to go to the police immediately. Guido further defended her position, saying the book doesn't contain pornographic materials and, as such, was fine to be read by children. Loudoun County Police could not be reached for comment on what action, if any, is being taken in the investigation of Guido. According to statements made by Deputy Jamie Holman to the Daily Wire, there's concern that children in the school may be exposed to sex trafficking efforts in the neighboring region. Which, again, as the anonymous teacher pointed out, that if you have kids who are coming to you and saying that they're being used for sex work, they're not old enough to, you know, consent. And so if you're trying to normalize them, I Say what you want about California passing a law that decriminalized minor prostitutes. Which, don't get me wrong, if you're a minor and you're being prostituted, the odds that you're doing it consensually are pretty low. And so when they decriminalized it so they could get these young women and young boys who are being abused off the streets and not run through the criminal justice system, but to get them into the foster system, get them into, with social workers so they can you know, be transitioned away from that life and you know, be rescued from it. I was all about that. I'm pretty sure I did an episode when all this furor was going on about, oh my God, California's trying to legalize it. Well, no, it's, it's a, that's a gross mischaracterization. They weren't legalizing it. They were making it to where, hey, if we catch a John with a minor, the minor's not going to go to jail because the minor is not breaking any laws. The minor is being forced to do it. And so the anonymous teacher saying, hey, if this teacher knows the, there are students who are being forced to do this and she's not reporting it, she's in the wrong, go teacher. Way to report the librarian for not doing her freaking job. Uh, speaking of people not doing their jobs, um, Joe Biden. Yes, yes, Joe Biden. It's that time of year where politicians step out and they do all their commencement speeches. They go out there on stage and they speechify, as uh, the late, great Doc Thompson would have put it. Well, he was speechifying at Annapolis at the Naval Academy graduation. Um, well, Joe has this really bad habit of when he wants to make some, make sure you know he's really serious. He gets on the mic and he whispers. 
Well, he was doing that again at the commencement speech for the Naval Academy. Well, leave it to Joe. <laughs> if you go out and you find the whitehouse.gov video, you know when Joe gets flustered, he'll say, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be starting to say, ah, anyway. He just stops, ah, anyway. You know the thing. He plays off, he kinda, he'll kind of chuckle. <laughs> well, you know. Well, the signer on the whitehouse.gov videos. They, uh, they did way too, way too much of a production of trying to sell it. So anyways, uh, New York, this is from New York Post. Joe Biden whispers, I'm your commander in chief. It's Naval Academy grads. Like the Navy Academy grads don't know who their ultimate boss is. Right. President Biden revived his frequently ridiculed stage whisper Friday while addressing the U.S. Naval Academy's class of 2022, stooping over his microphone to remind them that I'm your commander-in-chief. Biden addressed the graduates for approximately 25 minutes during an outdoor ceremony at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, during which he slammed Russian President Vladimir Putin over his three-month-old invasion of Ukraine. Uh, the, the actions taken by Putin were an attempt to, to use my phrase, to, to Finlandize all of Europe, make it Make it all neutral. And instead, he, he NATOized all of Europe. Uh, the phrase Finlandize, which President mispronounced as Fingalize. How embarrassing is that? You've, you've got the giant big screen TV as your teleprompter. You still can't say the word right. Refers to Finland's Cold War era practice of treading lightly in international politics so as to not upset it's near neighbors in Moscow. The president was speaking about Finland, Sweden, applying to join NATO in response to the Russian invasion, which began in February 20, which began February 24th and has been met with stiff resistance from Ukraine's military. When, of, of all the things you could be talking at a military graduation, honor, service, duty. 
you're again using it to beat the war drum and eh, they stand there and insinuate that yeah with the the nativization of europe uh yeah putin could get mad and draw all of us in so good luck god bless i mean of all the stuff in the world and 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 i get you you don't want to shy away from what a potential uh, geopolitical outlook is especially when it comes to the military but number one, you don't want to appear to be that uh, saber rattling. You know, some things that the whole uh, walk softly, carry a big stick, Teddy Roosevelt, as a progressive, he was absolutely horrible. But as a leader, as someone that the art of manliness could do, could write an entire book about, the dude was shot, and then he spoke for an hour and a half after an assassin tried to kill him. Yeah, he deserves to have his own book from The Art of Manliness. Who else would be willing to stand up for an hour and a half and speechify? And every time you look like you're about to pass out, you got sweat streaming down your face because you're in pain and agony, and one of your aides comes to grab you, you shake him off, you stand up, and you carry on with the speech with the same same bluster and fear you've been doing for the last hour. Seriously. Teddy Roosevelt, check him out. He's awesome. Not for any, you know, a lot of uh, political reasons, but just, dude was a badass. All there is to it. But, yeah, going in front of the Navy Academy, and then acting like they don't know you're the commander in chief, acting like they don't know that I'm going to follow all these pictures of our commanders from, you know, whatever the, the company commander level is at in the Navy, in a Naval unit, all the way up to all the way up the chain of command to, you know, the secretary of the Navy, followed by the president with the president rounding out the whole list, pretty sure they're going to figure out who you are, Joe. You don't need to tell them. Now, you know, maybe you're concerned that there, there could be an uprising against you and that, you know, well, they'll listen to the officers. They won't listen to me, but I'm, I'm the boss. I need to let them know. Ridiculous. And speaking of ridiculous, last thing, let's get into some more crazy Crazy DC Swamp family shenanigans. Well, this one happens to be for Paul Pelosi. For those of you who hadn't heard, Paul Pelosi, apparently, despite their money that he has acquired over the years, he cannot afford a driver or an Uber for that matter. And he decided that. Well, he was going to drink a few and go out for a friendly drive around Napa, California. Didn't work out so well for him. Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, was arrested this week for DUI. TMZ has learned. Yeah, I'm doing a political show. I'm getting my news from TM TMZ. That's crazy. Uh, the House Speaker's spouse was arrested just before midnight Saturday night in Napa County. 
and then booked hours later into jail on two counts, driving under the influence and driving with a blood alcohol content level of 0.08 or higher. Both misdemeanors. Uh, details of the arrest have yet to surface, but they were able to, you know, get the blotter, see it on the blotter report and go, oh, yeah, that's totally him. Uh, no word on whether the speaker herself was with Paul during his bust because he obviously in D.C. doing her job. But then again, I'm pretty sure just like the Senate, she adjourned the House for the for the long weekend. So I don't know. We'll see. At the moment, Pierce sees in Rhode Island for a commencement speech to, you know, for graduates there. She hasn't publicly acknowledged Paul's arrest, and neither have any of her children nor immediate family, as far as they can tell. In any case, when you are Paul Pelosi and you get $5,000 bond, or $5,000 bail to get out of jail because, you know, DUI, which I thought this was California. I thought, I thought, you know, nonviolent crimes didn't, they shouldn't require bail. I guess if you're uh, make over a certain amount of money, you still got to pay your way out. In his case, it was five grand to make his bail. So good luck with your uh, insurance rates, Paul. I'm sure at 82 years old, you're, you're not going to have any issues with skyrocketing rates. Cause I'm sure that, you know, you can just buy a lower rate whenever you want. So. There's that. Anyways, uh, I want to thank y'all for listening to on this episode. Those of you who are listening live until my audio decided to crap out. I'm sorry. If you went back and listened to the entire podcast to catch what you missed. Thank you. You're awesome. So again, thank you so much for listening. As always, if the same four things that every week. Number one, please, if you're a first-time listener checking out on whatever a platform you're listening on, if you have if it gives you the opportunity to subscribe, please do so. Whether it's subscribe, follow, like, whatever the case may be. That way you get the automatic updates every week when the new episode posts. Please check that out. Please, please subscribe. Those numbers are great. Helps the show grow. And you know, depending on you faithful listeners. Feels great. Y'all are awesome. I am so glad. Uh, actually, I had someone at Wagons for Warriors who came up to me. You know, we went to school together. He's just like, dude, I love your show. And he had so many, so many great, so much great feedback that it was awesome to, you know, try not to be all, you know, swelled, puffed chest. Ah, well, you know, I, I try. You, know, you try to be humble. You know, it's like that Mac Davis song. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. But, yeah, you know, you try. Try so hard. So, again, hit that subscribe button. Then after that, please rate the show five stars. I'll accept four. Three and below, we need to have a talk. Just saying. Once you have rated it, please write a nice review. You know, maybe embellish a little bit if you kind of like, man, it is all right. Embellish. That way, when people it pops up as a "Hey, you might like this show" based on your other listen, other things you listen to, they read the reviews and go, "Hey, people generally seem to like this, except that guy. That guy thinks he's a a wannabe Alex Jones, but that could possibly be a good thing." 
So again, we are at subscribe. We are at rate. We are at review. Finally, the last thing I ask you to do is share this show, whether it's the show in general, send it to someone who you think, Hey, this guy is a fellow conservative. He's not some high paid yuppie on TV. Doesn't know what he's talking about. Check out what he's got to say. I will accept that kind of endorsement. Send this episode. If this episode's like, dude, the first 40 minutes of this, just dude was lit. I know, I know we don't agree on the whole gun control thing and we've got different opinions, but please check him out. Hey, that'll be awesome. Or if you know it's just going to piss off somebody, I will gladly do that too. I, I don't have anything to lose here. So if I piss off one of your friends, they, and they try to flame me in my reviews. Hey, it's worth it. Send it to that guy. And then, you know, I will write, I will write you a personalized thank you letter and I will post it on the wall behind me that you cannot see because I do not have a camera. Again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you care to support this show over at relentlessdaring.com, you will see at the bottom of the, of the homepage, there's a couple of donate buttons. There's the a PayPal donate, but now button you can click that and do a one-time or recurring donation through PayPal. And again, or you can hit the, uh, go to give me a cup of coffee. K O F I, you know, the website itself, there, there is a link for it. Uh, there's also a link in the show notes, but if you just want to type it in it is coffee.com K O dash F I.com slash Tyler Morgan show. Click there and you do as little as three bucks, you know, the cost of a cup of coffee. Or you can do a you can do a one-time recurring except for as much or as little as you want. Again, that goes into keeping the show on the air, buying new equipment when stuff breaks, all the normal stuff that you have to do to run a podcast. So again, thank you so much for helping me out with everything. Uh if you have been a supporter for the last three years, you know, financial or just cheering me on. Thank you so very much. It has been greatly appreciated from the bottom of my heart. Um, normally I would run my outro. You know, it's got the, uh, you know, the coffee.com slash Tyler Morgan thing in it, but I wanted to tell y'all about because it is the eve before veterans or before Memorial day Oof, got my wrong army holiday messed up um, it is the evening before Memorial day. It will be Memorial day when this has posted. Um, before I go, I'm not going to do my regular outro. I just want to say thank you to the families, to those mothers and fathers the husbands and wives, the children who have had a family member who has gone away to war and did not come home. To all those souls buried in Arlington National Cemetery. To the, local, to the locals who are buried in your local cemetery who they fought in wars past and have since passed on to those who died defending this country and the principles on which it is founded and have gone back home 
to their local cemeteries to rest near their families. This has been a tragic loss for you. But the Bible tells us greater love has no friend than greater love has no man than to lay down his life for a friend. Your sons, your daughters, your husbands, your wives, your brothers, your sisters, your moms and dads. They laid down their lives so you won't have to. And for their sacrifice from one veteran to the families of so many, thank you. I hope and I pray that their sacrifice was not in vain. And this thing that they signed up to defend carries on in the future.